Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm, and that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott and Tommy Corbins. I'm like Pete Southtown, Zan Zan. I'm always speaking my mind, but I'm better off by my tongue. I'm a bad show at the wrong time. Still, I'm a legend of my own mind. I'm good for the song, but I'm not for Welcome to another episode of Zero Ales and Hockey Tales with Wally. And today I am so excited to have on a 41-year-old from Beverly, England. His hockey journey has taken him to England, Scotland, Wales, and Canada, maybe. Broke into pro, perhaps pre-puberty with the Kingston Hawks. A staple with Team Great Britain, playing twice for the under-18s, the under-20s, and the men's squad. Laced up for seven pro seasons, pretty well switching teams every season. But he is best known for running amok of the photography world and participating and losing to yours truly in the Matthew Byers testimonial. Welcome to the shed, Chris Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing? Good. How are you this morning? I'm very good. It's yeah. not as early here as it is there. No, but you got to fit them in when you can, right? Exactly. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't always get to work from the shed anymore. Don't always just have a free lunch hour to throw in a pod. So you got to get creative sometimes, you know, <laughs> Hey, you're putting the work in. Yeah. You got, you know, someone once told me that if you like doing something, you should do it. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Eventually you'll get paid for it. Eventually. Well, we'll work, keep working at it. Um, anyways, moving on. I get into how we know each other. We just met. That was what a week Very ago. Briefly. Yeah. So then you've already gone to Portugal since then. Yeah, so I go to this music festival in uh, in Portugal every year. Well, usually every year we've missed the past two years, obviously. But um, yeah, it was a uh, big, big headliner this year, Metallica. What Was that the video you put up where he was playing like a cool looking guitar? No, that was C6 Steve. I was going to say, whatever that, that guy, guy was playing. Legend. He was playing an instrument. Were you in the WhatsApp group when we were in the cab ride to town and I was playing the uh, instrument for the testimonial group? Oh, uh, shit, yeah. Yeah, I did see that. Um, I was <laughs> thinking it was an instrument similar to that thing, right? <laughs> yeah, no, like he, he comes on stage and he talks you through his, his guitars. So I think the one that I put the picture up of, um, it was a, uh, Jack White gave him a hubcap. So he took that hope cap home with him and then he found another one to match and then he put a broomstick on it and then he had like an old can of beer at the bottom. So he describes through how he, he builds these guitars and he's like, I didn't say it sounded good, but then he'll fucking jam out and it, and it's just insane. Yeah, well, I looked uh, like he was pretty clever <laughs> with the instruments. Kind of yeah. like I was in that cab ride to Cardiff, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So that uh, weekend, though, was a blast, eh? So thank you, Matthew Myers. Yeah, unreal. Like, I've got memories from that. I mean, obviously, just reconnecting with a lot of boys, 
getting to relive that hockey experience, meeting some new guys. And then don't you cherish it more when you get older that you get to go back out and do something like that? Yeah. I mean, you do, you, uh, for starters, like I got on the ice a couple of times just to brush the cobwebs off a bit. Yeah. And I was like, do you know what? I'm just going to carry on training weekly because I really miss this. And then having my heart rate get so high. Um, I guess you took the picture of me laying on the floor there, right? After my, yeah. <laughs> I was, I was exhausted. F- fake he was fun. also hung over. Right. Well, it was a late, long weekend, right? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a fun time, Matthew. <laughs> but yeah, it was a long, long weekend with Friday. We were out rev the cube. That's when I would have met you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then we had to play an afternoon game <laughs> <laughs> like the East coast all over again. <laughs> uh but no i just thought like um exercising and you know it was exhausting but i guess maybe i should do that more <laughs> yeah you kind of forget to do that don't you you could get too busy you know talking yeah to that's the problem once you fall out of that routine it's yeah, yeah tough to get back in so i guess we'll get into where and what are you doing now but um so in that game Another way we know each other. You took a penalty on me. Like I was just getting annoyed. I know we, I know that we hit it off the first night, but like we're only second shift of the testimonial. I don't know what type of hockey we're playing. And I was thinking about it between the legs or a spin a Rooney. And then all of a sudden stick between the legs and just rode me out into the boards. Eh? I think I was also a little confused because like, you know, the, the games changed so much. And back then that was like, the only skill I had was hitting people. I'm pretty sure that was the can opener. I don't know what that was. <laughs> uh, it played so, out pretty well, though. It, it was, was almost it, orchestrated. It was, it was like you knew what the, the the story was supposed to be, right? You did that, yeah. and then Franny was right there ready to muck it up. <laughs> he put a game face on for that as well. Like, didn't he? I, yeah. You thought we were actually fighting, didn't you? Yeah, his face was so legit. I thought, <laughs> these guys got beef from years back. Yeah, yeah, we do. He never played me enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, only two points, Franny. Could have been the difference. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh but no that was the most exhausting fake fight i've ever had holy moly i thought i was going down man if i wouldn't have got to lay down i would have passed out i, I had... was just praying that that the shirt and the the pads came off like quick enough i know well he ripped my shoulder pads apart good thing i don't need him ever again right <laughs> oh god um okay so that was a fun weekend um and you did get to go out on the ice with your son eh like Hendo, yeah. it was Hendo's first time with his kids out on the ice. Yeah, we we spoke about it the night before as well. Oh, like, because I got to do it for like a very brief time and Cardiff and Colby kind of got to know what was going on, but the memories wow. have faded for him now. Um, So it's good. There's a couple of YouTube videos where he can see himself um out yeah, on really. the ice in Cardiff. But what a special moment as a dad, eh? Yeah, unbelievable. And that's one thing, like... You know, I thank Matthew for that. I didn't think that, like, my hockey life is so long ago. Yeah. And then, like, I've got this entirely new life now, and I've got my little boy, and I never thought I would get to introduce him to that or for him to get to see me play. To get quite to know a... that, that that was part of your life, right? Yeah. So having that opportunity, and then, um, you know, I had a friend come down and got um, 
got a picture of me and then like god bless him dave phillips came over and give my little boy a hockey stick and then he cleared off to the dressing room and came back with a puck and we had a, like five minutes of just playing pass on the ice it's the first time he's, he's held a hockey stick and he's a natural crazy and his dad was a seven-year pro hey that's it's yeah. interesting so um yeah you were on the cardiff devils then the retro team eh you guys played five on four you guys were so <laughs> Well, we got screwed because our Why? team. Why? Because you had a based... power play the whole game. <laughs> yeah, like our 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 team was based on players who haven't played in the last eight years, at least. Yeah, they were... more for most of us. Yeah, you guys needed the extra player. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so did I. <laughs> I was on the wrong team. <laughs> I am not a new school devil. You see how fast those young guys were. Yeah. But we're champions, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you played from two, you were at maybe a bit of 01 to 03 with the Devils, eh? That's a, that's a time ago. Yeah. So that season was quite complicated because I came down to Cardiff um, and I was kind of unaware of the situation because the first season that I, I signed for Cardiff, I, I know what the situation is. I, the research yeah, the team saw it. Yeah. You had Dece yeah. on your team. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys were brutal. I saw the goaltending statistics. Like the best goals against out of your seven goalies was like five goals against. Do you, do you know awful. the story of that season? No, but Dece so, was on your team, so you couldn't have been that good. <laughs> so, so one of the old owners i guess there was a dispute there something uh, he i don't know i don't know the story exactly but he'd like he'd not paid some players or it, it basically pissed a lot of people off so i he'd taken over that year as the new owner i think so we turned up you know cardiff like with um tryouts and um went around the city everyone was happy and then it sort of started coming to light that the fans were going to boycott that year because uh because of the uh, owner yeah because of the owner um i mean i i don't have a bad word to say against him personally like he looked after us you know he was we had, we had a great time but as the year went on and fans were coming to watch obviously there's no income yeah so then payers uh players didn't get paid and then players started leaving or getting cut or and it ended up, you know, we were losing. The shit show started. <laughs> it was like 12-1, 10-1 every game. Um, that's not, so that's, uh, that's a one-off for a season for the Cardiff Devils. I know they had a similar situation when the newest owners took over. So, uh, fans weren't too thrilled with the way things were going with the guy before. So, Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I think I stuck it out as long as I could, and then I just couldn't take losing, get like getting pumped every game. Getting pumped every game is not a good feeling. But coming back the year after, you know, new new ownership, new coach, new everything. It was um, that that's I, I will I will say like that's my favorite year of hockey. Was the year, yeah. Cardiff, if it's a good situation for hockey, like what a perfect city for a hockey team. Yeah. Unreal. Like just going back there for the weekend, right? Like, man, you play a Saturday night game and you win. You get to like hit all those fun places downtown and hit Chippy Lane after, right? Chippy Lane. Did you make it there last weekend? I didn't. I can't eat when I'm drunk. What? 
Not I at know. the end of the night? No, I can't do it. Huh. That's how you stay so slim and trim, eh? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, so moving on. <clears throat> yeah, we'll get into the Cardiff thing later. Poster picks. Actually, let's do where and what do you do it now first? So um, now I am a fitness photographer. I, um, that's why you took that picture of me laying on the ground in between games. Eh? Yeah, <laughs> that's fitness, yeah. fellas. Um, yeah, so I, after hockey, um, I was actually studying photography during the hockey years. Um, and then, like, you went to proper uni for it? College. College, yeah. College, yeah. Uh, I did a couple of courses. Um, so I was kind of studying it. And I found this passion for it because I thought I wanted to be a graphic designer. And then somebody introduced me to photography and I was like, shit, I love this. So well, you're really kind of- good at it, by the way. <laughs> Just so Thank you know. You. Yeah. Thank I you. was looking at all your stuff now that we're friends. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, dude, it's wild photos. <laughs> yeah. And then I think with the, uh, my background in hockey, obviously been in the gym since I was 15, 16. Um, you know, like I won't tell the whole story, but it kind of progressed and then I got booked to do a couple of gym shoots for some athletes and then they went down really well and I think just knowing my way around the gym and then photography kind of blended together really well and I guess I my last season was probably 2003 I think uh, or four Um, and then I found it quite interesting you ended it when you did because you were only one year removed from being on the national team. No, I, I was on the national team. The year you stopped? Um, the research team didn't find it if you did, but like you were right on, you were on the national team like right up till the end and then it was, you were just done, eh? Yeah, but I mean, I think when you know, you know. Yeah. Um, I had some insane years. Um, I'd found this new passion. Mm-hmm. And um, passion think... can really take over. Look at me out of my shed at five in the morning. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Issues, um, folks. Issues. <laughs> yeah. So I thought, you know, I was getting a little bit of work coming in with the photography. And I thought, you know, I'm just going to give this a go. And um, I guess five years later, I had contracts with Muscle and Fitness magazine and Flex magazine, and I was shooting all the British content for those. Um, uh, really, then, all of it, like so for all like the big spreads out in the middle, you would have taken all those pictures. Yeah, the magazines. yeah, I've had uh, front covers. Um, I got to shoot the Mister Olympia every year and the Arnold Classic every year, and um, yeah, it really blew up um and how does that start how do you get it like how obviously it's kind of like in hockey someone gets a break and gets there right like how did yeah you so it was um in the 2008 recession that's when i set up my first um studio and it was more so just to start doing portraits and things because i was i was shooting a lot of commercial work but then everybody cut the marketing budget yeah so i started having to do a few weddings and portraits and stuff which i hated but then there's um, a local nutrition company, um, PhD Nutrition, and they'd booked me for a photo shoot and they really loved what I did. So then they, um, uh, they carried on booking me through that year. Then there was a couple more brands that um, booked me for shoots 
And it was actually a, a brand called Project AD. Um, there was a guy I shot for them called Daniel Singh. Um, and I shot him, great shoot, never heard from him for a year until I got a call from Muscle and Fitness magazine saying, we're doing a feature on Daniel Singh. And he said that you're the only photographer he'll shoot with. Really? So I, uh, I did well, that photo shoot. Uh, a week later, they shouted me again, can you go to Liverpool and shoot this UFC fighter? Yeah, no problem. Went and did that. Who would um, that have been? I used to be a big UFC guy. Uh, that the first the first fighter that I shot, um, it was a female fighter. Um, I think she was called Rosie. Can't remember. Okay. Um, well, you yeah, have a so, lot of clients <clears throat> that you've done in the, in over the years, uh, yeah. thousands and thousands now. But I think it was like my fourth or fifth shoot the, uh, for Muscle for Flex Magazine. They sent me to shoot Ronnie Coleman. Really? Like, oh my God, like the world's greatest bodybuilder. Um, and then after that, they brought me into the office and offered me a contract to shoot all UK content. Well, that's that's incredible. Congratulations. Thank um, you. One of the things it's I It's found a shame too, the magazines are around. Anymore. Yeah, exactly. It's changed Nobody the whole landscape for you guys, eh? I think, I think you've still got them out there. I know the closed flex down. Um, They've still got an edition out there in the well, U.S. Canada, but yeah, over but, here. So you've adjusted, anyways, your business. Were you not telling me you have like a like a, a, a gym where you do shoots now? Yeah. So when um, when I was starting out, obviously I was just getting sent to shoots from the magazine. Then I was doing a lot of private shoots as well. So I was just going gym. Like, so I'd be shooting in a gym in Manchester and then I'd be shooting in a gym in London, then a gym in Birmingham. And uh, it was when I had my little boy and I was so sick of traveling. I've been doing it for six years. And I thought, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to build my own gym and have everyone come to me. So I've got like this incredible gym in Nottingham um, and a studio and everybody wants to train there, but the car, cause it's just for photographs. It's just for the, yeah, no, that's what a great idea. So yeah. um, like I know about it cause my wife and a few of her friends did a fitness photo shoot and it, it gives people goals, right? Like they work out exactly. for a few months and they're trying to get ready for this photo shoot. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 No, so I, it's cool. These days that's the majority of my clients is, if it's not like a nutrition company or um, a clothing company or something, it'll be private shoots where people have just got in good shape and they just want some. Oh, that's cool. Dishes. Hey, don't be playing with that stuff down there. Eh? Keep your hands to yourself. Okay. Uh, so what are your poster picks uh, was with Arnold though? Eh? Yeah. That, I mean, I met like that was at the Arnold classic, but during the Arnold Classic, you just can't get near him. He's just got like eight security guards around him at all times. And the day after the Arnold, um, I just decided to go to the shopping mall, which is about 25 minute drive out of Columbus, Ohio. Uh, and there was a shop that I liked. Um, I go in there every year and I just thought, oh, I'll just go in here. I went in the shop look up Arnie stood right in front of me <laughs> wow uh, yeah that's cool um so you used to go to his thing but he's he's not available you just happen to run into him in town then I yeah I mean you. he walks through the expo and everything and he comes on stage during the show and does his speech and hands the awards out but like you know you can't get anywhere near him it's chaos 
So. Well, it's really cool what you've done with the photography world, though, and that you found a passion, right? That it must, uh, strange, yeah. every, everybody that finishes hockey, I think has, a lot of guys have a hard time because they no longer have a passion for what they're doing or anything, right? Yeah. It's good that I mean, you guys find of, it. There's a lot of, um, there's so much skill that you take out of hockey that will then go i know it's a bit of a cliche but you know the whole teamwork thing you take that into later life like i was a really shy kid and i wouldn't i i wouldn't be outspoken i'd find this very difficult but you know all those years in the dressing room and nights out with the lads and i think it just drills it into you to to be an outspoken person and you know you've got to help each other out and I think, yeah, I couldn't agree more. What hockey does for guys is the teamwork. Like you get to the real world, there are people that don't get the teamwork. If they haven't been on teams during their lifetime and they yeah. don't understand like to help anybody, whether it's the first liner, the fourth liner, if anybody needs help, you help them, right? It doesn't matter who's asking. Exactly. Um, but there's so much hockey teaches you. But then when you do get to the real world and you've been one of us minor pro guys that never made enough you know <laughs> uh, um you need someone to take a chance on you though right and yeah. um that's what happened for me here i met some good people they took a chance on me and you know what i'm gonna toot my own horn this week i ran a muck at work this week you know that <laughs> I had a, I, oh yeah i had a meeting with the ceo on monday we came up with this program we've been working on for months and we were trying to decide how to train it and then he tasked me. I was like, well, I think we should make videos for them. And then I made the videos this week. I made six of them. They're going out company wide now to train everybody. And I did that this week. So, you know, Incredible. sometimes in the real world, you can, uh, you know, you can win too. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Uh, yeah. So anyways, that's why you got to get up at 530 though. So you get that shit done. <laughs> okay. So what else do we got then? Um you also have an Insta there with the, where you traveled. Where were you? Those pictures were wild too. Do you know what? That was, uh, it's, a, it's a real shame that because I set, I set that Instagram up quite a few years ago and then I got locked out of it and could never get back in. I could, like, the, the quality of those photos and what you had in there. And then, yeah, I could, wild photos. I can't believe you found that, but yeah, it's um, I'm like a creepy stalker. Once I lock you in the shed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, with, with my job now, cause it's the fitness industry. Like you, what you find is nobody's ever fit in January and February. It's everybody. I'm, I'm always busy up to December and then Christmas, everybody gets fat and everybody spends all the money. So I generally don't work until about March time. So what I used to do before I got my boy was I'd just pick four countries and just disappear for a month or two. That sounds so, fun. Like a yeah. fart in the wind, just go. Yeah, it was incredible. I traveled everywhere. So um, that was that was a real passion for me as well. It was, you know, just just getting on a plane, no plans, and just seeing where it takes you. Wow, that sounds like it's living. Um one thing is with phones being, they always talk about how good the cameras are on them and everything. Your pictures were so much clearer than like a camera's phone. Those cameras really do make a difference, eh? Yeah, I mean, obviously, but yeah, it, it, it is like if you look on my personal page, um, my personal Instagram, I'd say fifty percent of them are shot on an iPhone. Okay. Um, yeah. 
you, you're good at it. I know that. <laughs> okay. Better get into the hockey then. Growing up in Beverly, England. Where's that and how'd you get into hockey? So Beverly's just outside of Hull. Oh, I was actually race. born. I was I was born in Beverly and then I grew up about 10 minutes away in Cottingham. Um, and when I was, I guess, eight years old, that's when the Hull Arena opened. Um, so it was kind of a novelty that everybody goes down and tries skating out. And that rank took- opened when you were eight years old, like the one with the brutal benches where it's like a pig pen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they were that bad at building arenas even then. I thought you know that, that was, had to be that older. Because that that arena came, I, I guess, before Sheffield and everything. So that was probably one of the best arenas at his time. With those benches. With those benches. I thought those were the worst benches I've ever been on in my life. That's because you spent so much time on them. We talked about Franny. Franny, did you hear that? <laughs> uh yeah where the door was in the middle of just a square so then if you got stuck behind the door you'd have to get around all the guys to get out the door because if you're really short you can't jump those things yeah you couldn't you couldn't jump the bench well you could but it it was not at my height stature you couldn't (laughs) (laughs) that's a heavy door as well i think that's what franny was thinking was well while he's stuck behind the door we'll just keep sending the other guys out maybe that's why i didn't like the benches <laughs> yeah so i grew up there um so eight years I, I remember actually my dad took me skating i don't have a lot of memories of that first skating session but i remember leaving and the the hockey shop was open and he was like oh you enjoyed that didn't you and i said yeah yeah it was good uh and he was like come on let's get you a pair of skates <laughs> he just took me in the shop like after my first first time on the ice went and, and then you just kept going and what I do remember as well, like I, I'm right-handed and we went in the store and he wanted to buy me a stick, but they didn't have any right-handed sticks. So he bought me a left one anyways. <laughs> so you played with a lefty. Did you hold it like a lefty or did you play with the backhand as the I don't think I, I don't think I ever played because there, there wasn't a team then either. So because um, the rink just opened. Um, and we, we, we showed this interest in playing hockey, but we, uh, there was no team to play for, for, I was like under 12s, I guess. So we ended up traveling across the river to Grimsby, which is about half an hour away. And we, they've got this tiny, tiny little ice pad. So I think for a year we played there until they actually had a team in Hull. There's a Grimsby over there too, eh? There's a Grimsby here. We have all the same names of towns. It's crazy when you start talking to people in your shed. Um, So you, so yeah, Yeah. there's just not enough kids playing hockey, I guess, but they just built the rink. So there wouldn't have been hockey until then. Yeah, there was no interest there. So it took a year or so before there was enough. Isn't it wild where Team GB is now, considering what we're talking about back when you're growing up as a kid, there's hardly any rinks. They're in the top pool of hockey now. (laughs) <laughs> no, they're not they were yeah no i guess they did just go down but they were just there right like yeah it was it's incredible crazy to see him get that high and that's mizey our buddy there right yeah he's you were there out. just when that flower was just starting to blossom eh? <laughs> 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 um okay so then you obviously start getting better at it and uh, you're probably always <laughs> tall eh yeah so then does the minor hockey get better? Is there like a challenge come before you get to pro and the Kingston Hawks? The Kingston Hawks. So 
what happened then? I guess, yeah, we the under 12s team that I played for was the uh Humbeth because they keep changing the name, it's it's Kingston upon Hull. So they go from Kingston or sometimes it's Humberside or so I was playing for the uh the Humberside Humdingers. That was our <laughs> under 12s team. The Humdingers. <laughs> Yeah, the Humdingers. That's my favorite hockey team name I think I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, God, I yeah, wish I would have been a Humdinger. <laughs> uh, then progressed to under-14s, um, under-16s. Uh, actually, we had England under-12. I played for the England under-12s team. Um, and that would uh, have been just after just starting, basically. Yeah, uh, well couple of years yeah and then you're playing years. for team england <laughs> yeah um england and then we had the conferences so you had like north Conf- northeast conference northwest conference and um under 14s what were the uh the under 14s were the spitfires mm, we have the windsor spitfires over here yeah yeah um Spitfires, then under 16s was the Blades, and under so these are all in different towns you go to. No, this was all Humberside. Okay, they just have different names for the same town. See, here you one town would just have the same names, right? We're the Canucks here, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so then you were young, you played three professional games for the Kingston Hawks. What are you like 16? I probably sat on that very bench that you uh remember. Oh, that's Hall, Kingston's Hall. The Kingston Hawks, yeah. So when I was growing up, the pro team was uh, called the Humberside Seahawks. And then. So um, Humberside is that Hall Arena I'm talking about? Yes. Ah, that's where the Humdingers are. <laughs> that's the home of the Humdingers. <laughs> we need to bring them back. Makes sense that the Humdingers have benches like that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine a 10 year old on a bench like that? No, they wouldn't even be able to see the ice. They wouldn't you even know if someone, <laughs> there's no way they could see the ice. I could hardly see the ice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So, um, how was it though? Did you get any shifts though when you're like 16 years old in a pro game? I think probably at the end of the game, I might have. Once it was a pro out, or something. <laughs> a bit, a bit like they put the mascots on at the end of our. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's the year. same in Germany. They do the same thing to like the sixteen-year-old kids. They just sit there all season and just watch. <laughs> 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 they say that's good for them. But I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't uh, know. Okay, so then uh, after that year, though, you make the under eighteen team GB, eh? Well, there was under sixteens first. Oh, they had a team GB for that. Yeah. Uh, research team didn't find that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So where do you go for those tournaments? Because I always find it interesting. You guys get to travel all these different countries, play for Team GB. Well, right? the the I can't remember if it was the under fourteens or the under six. I think the under fourteens we played we played the Quebec tournament. Oh yeah, remember that? Yeah, the Pee Wee um, one. Yeah. So we like we went out there and like playing in an arena that big, like. I mean, it won't capacity crowd or anything, but it was probably half full. And it's like, you know, mind blowing. Be the coolest thing ever, eh? Yeah. And then um, under 16s, we played the um, uh, fuck, what's the tournament? Um, 
out in the lakes though i don't know is there one called like the brick or something i can't keep track just too much hockey um, stuff to know yeah i can't remember about that um yeah we played a tournament out there we actually won that as well uh under 16s we had a pretty good team that year like in uh, canada you're winning tournaments it, yeah it was in canada it was um it doesn't matter don't think too hard yeah, it yeah it'll come back. Um, and then so you were good all the way up if you're playing for team gb all the way up then eh you weren't like I a mean, late bloomer you just kind of had it right from the start big tall body long stick i was definitely tall um especially come 14 that's when my height started coming through and yeah, never uh, came and through for skate. me you know, like I was a pretty good skater. Like my dad invested a lot in in me back then. You know, there was um, there wasn't a lot of you know very limited ice time. We would maybe get on the ice once a week if we were lucky. But my dad actually paid for me to get skating lessons from figure skaters. Yeah, um, I got the piss taken out of me a lot, but um, <laughs> I thank him for that because like learning your edges and everything else. You know, it was yeah. incredible. So um, that really paid off. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, so then where, so then you make the under 18s when you play for Kingston, the three games, but um, then the next year or no, then the next year you're but playing like there's, full. There's a chunk, there's a chunk missing out of that because uh, at 16 years old, I finished my GCSEs, which is our exams here. Like high school type um, shit. High school, yeah, finished high school. And then I went out to Montreal for uh, a training camp. For, uh, for what? For junior? It was, yeah, it was just like a hockey camp. Okay. Um, and when I was there, we played a, a game at the end of the, the... Actually, I got there and I was... So I will have been 16 then. And they had... I think they had a 14 to 16-year-old group. And then yeah. they had a... 16 or no they're 17 to 21 year old group and i guess because of my size and because i could skate i the, they took me from the 16 group and put me in the 17 to 21 group so i was shitting myself because there was some huge boys out there yeah um but it played out really well and we played a game at the end of the season uh, at the end of the camp and uh, i guess there was quite a few scouts there and um i got quite a few offers come through so we kind of sat down and weighed up all the offers. I had an offer of a 50% scholarship with Maine University. Um, there was um, there was a, a junior A team. Um, but in the end, I ended up choosing um, a midget AAA team uh, called Laxane Louis Lions. And um, I came home, packed my bags, and I moved out to Montreal. Really? Yeah. Research team didn't find any of that. No. <laughs> so yeah. what happened with the scholarship? I guess 50% scholarship in Maine is still going to be expensive though. I um, think it still worked out at like $8,000 a, a term. And, yeah. You know, shit, when you're an international student, I was the same for me in Canada. When I, when you get your scholarship, like for a kid from Michigan to go to Michigan school is way cheaper than a Canadian to go to Michigan school. And uh, when you see the numbers, they would have charged you to go there. It's like, holy moly. <laughs> yeah, that won't viable. So, um, yeah, yeah so, makes I sense. Learned, so Lake St. Louis, is that what you said? So that's like by the ski mountains, right? 
Like St. Louis. So we, uh, when I signed for them, we they just built a brand new arena. So it was like, I'd never seen it before. It was four ice pads in this arena. And that's where um, I actually met him a couple of times because he, he trained with us a couple of times. But it was the year that um, Vince LaCavalier got drafted. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, he was a really nice kid. Give us quite a, a lot of good advice. And um, so what he would have he would have been like 18 years old and he was around the rink then that summer or that he, winter. He um, I think he just got drafted or he was just about to get drafted. Um, cause if I remember rightly, he got first. Overall. Yeah. Yeah. He was um, a player. <laughs> so, um, yeah, he was, he was in the same ice pad. As... So was it French around there? Yes. And you were an English boy. Who failed French at school. <laughs> <laughs> so how was that moving over there then? Cause like, obviously you had a lot of offers, like choosing to go to a French place compared to an English place is really, uh, really tested yourself. <laughs> Yeah, it was tough. They put they put me on like a welcomers college course where it was basically doing going over my last year of high school, but in French. Oh God. Yeah. Um, so it was tough. And all the boys on the teams like first language was French, but if I was in the dressing room, they'd all switch to English. Oh, that's nice of them. Yeah. Um so it was it was good. There was a lot of politics though. Um with parents with um you know like this kid's come over from england he didn't grow up in a french province and he's taking my son's ice time and oh yeah so there was a lot of pressure on the coaches there i i I ended up um dropping down to midget double a just to get some ice time i could Uh, see i could see it that the parents that have grown up in that town or that area and then they get to that age and then all of a sudden a new kid comes in and is then gonna take their ice time they i know how they can get you know that would yeah Yeah. they wouldn't have liked that (laughs) they wouldn't have liked you (laughs) i wasn't uh yeah yeah it it wasn't easy (laughs) but do you know what like that that whole year that i was there like i tell everybody i went out there a boy and i came back a man because i had Mm -hmm. such an experience i met so many people i was playing such a higher tier of hockey and what it really challenge yourself, the different language barrier, the new country, everything, eh? Yeah. Who are you living with when you're there? So I, I ended up living with this family. Um, it was the, the guy who took me on. He was um, originally from the UK, um, but he, he'd lived out there in Canada. Um, and I, I found out, I think it was about a month into living with him, that he was, um, he was a debt collector for the Hells Angels really yeah the guy you were living with was yeah (laughs) yeah so i uh uh, yeah so he was there uh, some interesting any interesting situations that you saw or it was all outside of no no i mean there was a few people come around the house every now and then but they were all like really nice um but yeah he he taught me how to fight and he uh he really toughened me up (laughs) <laughs> okay so then after that year what do you decide to do then you make team great britain then yeah so i came I, I came back from canada uh actually went straight to france which um was amazing because i, I was ended up being the um the the translator for the team 
Right. Um, you would have been French off so learning French. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think it was the world championships we had in France. Uh, that's what I came back for. And then I, then you felt re- it, like it really was fun speaking English with your mates and seeing them again. And then you're like, I don't really want to go back there. <laughs> well, do you know what? I'd, I had missed the UK a lot. Um, and then there was this, there was this concept that somebody had, there was a team called the Basingstoke Bison. And um, they had this concept that they wanted to make up a pro hockey team of all the young GB players. That was the concept. So I signed for them and then it didn't really work out. I think there was like four GB players on the team. Um, okay. Yeah, there was probably three, three to five Canadians. That would be interesting if they're all on the same team and we're getting ice time, get power play time and penalty kill time. And yeah, sometimes it's, that- it can be hard for an up and coming GB guy in, in great Britain. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it can. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was my first, I guess, pro UK hockey team. And, and yeah, so that's a basing stoke. Okay. You played, uh, do you have to fight when you're tall and you're that young? Would guys want to fight you just cause you're so tall? I don't really remember having many encounters at that age. Yeah. Um, I, I had quite a lot of fights for, with, I, I won't say a lot, but I, I probably had more fights with GB than I did with. Oh yeah. yeah. Back when you could do that. Cause you can't fight in like international hockey now, you know, no, I don't think you can fight in hockey anymore. Can you? Um, but some of the guys that were like your age for team GB and the under 18s, you guys, yeah, I know the names, right? Like David Clark, he's a legend. Yeah. So he's the same age as you, you guys grew up playing on the same. Yeah. Age we went through the ranks together. Yeah. He became a player. And then, uh, Jono, he was always around too. eh? Donna, yeah, my boy. So, he, yeah, you, you would have got to see him, like all these guys you probably haven't seen in so long now that you're out of the game, right? Once you're not in the hockey circle, you don't see the guys anymore, right? Yeah, there's very few. Like me and Mizey do spend a lot of time together still. Um, but, you, you, like, with Mizey, it's like I'm here, I'm here in Cardiff to see my son every other weekend. Yeah. So I hang out with Mizey quite a lot. And then last year... Um, obviously the rest of the time I live in Nottingham and last year, Mizey called me and he's like, he's in Nottingham. Now. In Nottingham? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those are his honey holes. Nottingham and Cardiff. <laughs> they just, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. But yeah, getting to see the fellas, there's nothing like it. Right. Nothing. No, I miss uh, them. Yeah, no, me too. That's why I come Paul out Sample. here. Paul Sample. We kind of played GB together growing up and, and I was, I, that was the one Franny introduced me to said he was his best mate in the world. Best mate. Yeah. yeah. See, listen, listen to me talking British here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so anyways, how does that first year go? Do you get any ice time? Not a lot. No. I think they tried it out and I don't know. I didn't really find my feet that year. Um, Were you playing junior or anything too, or was it just the pro team? And then that's all the ice time you're getting. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, that was it. So we were training a lot um probably four days a week and then games on the weekend but yeah i sat on the bench and, and bnl was that the highest league then or was that the second league yeah that would have been the british the british national league so that, that will have been the the highest league then okay um so then after that year you go to the hall thunder so it is what, what were they called again the uh, humberside 
humdingers. And now they're they're called the Hall Thunder. Now it's the Hall Thunder. Yeah. And then it was the Stingrays, eh? They just always go tits up and come up with new names then, or what? Yeah, and they've done it again this year. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> the circle yeah. of hockey and always the same teams always are doing the same shit. <laughs> I don't I don't know why. I don't know where Hull Thunder came from, but they I think the only benefit of that was that we got to skate out to ACDC every game. <laughs> That'd be fun. <laughs> Just rocking it. Um, <laughs> um, so then do you get more ice time that year? Like you're back home then? Like, are you getting paid that pr- decent? Is, are you, do you feel like a pro? I was getting, I wasn't getting paid. Uh, no, I was getting paid. It wasn't a lot. Um, same again. Just, didn't like that season again, second year in the pro league and um, didn't really find my feet, didn't find the confidence there. And I think if you look at the stats there, the year after I probably went to the Isle of Wight Raiders. You did. Um, And that was when I first dropped a league because I thought, right, I'm going to drop a league, find my confidence and um and that you know what though it makes me think of like kids sake like you see parents and they're so worried about their kid making the say the the highest team or the rep team or this team or that team and it's like well if they don't make that team they're going to touch the puck a lot more on whatever other team they're playing for and they're going to get to handle the puck they're going to learn the game more because they're going to be the guy with the puck where those kids that make the team as the bubble kid and aren't getting the reps, aren't getting the ice time, they're not getting better like the kids that are down a level, I don't think, you know? No. no. And, and confidence it, it, is a real thing. If you're not huge. ready for a league and you feel like you're not ready, you're going to suck. It was like when I went to the AHL. I didn't feel like I was ready. I didn't know how to play defensive zone. I hadn't learned it correctly. And then you feel out of place, and then you look out of place, <laughs> you know? Yeah, like every time somebody passes you a puck, you shit yourself. And yeah, you, you don't want it, you don't even want the puck. Yeah, exactly. and then when you're feeling it, you want the puck and you want to make plays. Yeah. Yeah. So the the Isle of Wyatt, I was getting regular ice time. Um had a great time down there. Um, I uh, research team actually was curious because I've heard of this team a few times now. I actually looked up where the Isle of Wight is. That looks like an interesting place. It's an, like, like a little, Alcatraz. Yeah. So <laughs> is it nice out there? It's beautiful. You know, it's beautiful. It looks cool. It's really like nice that, beaches. You, so the team lives on the island. Yeah. How and big is that? To... Like how many people are over there? I think it was like 24 miles across. That's it, eh? Something like that, yeah. The um, how many fans uh, would they get? It was bit. It was good. We used to get some good turnouts to the games because um, there's not a lot else on the on the island. On the island, like there's a lot of people go there to retire. I guess it's like Florida for the UK. <laughs> um. So um, yeah, we had a great time there, and it was just a pain in the ass, you know. Like every away game, you've got to jump on a ferry. <clears throat> Yeah, that would be annoying. So uh, you don't want to just stay on your island. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but then um, that season, I was I think I was playing for GB national since, team. Since then. you played under twenties, under twenties, yeah. yeah. Um, 
But McSawley was um, Chris McSawley was in the GB program then. He was coach, um, and he was also coaching London Knights. Um, and I think he saw potential in me because I was playing in Isle of Wight. But then about halfway this, through the season, he said, "I want you to come over and start training with London." And the Isle of Wight were really cool with that. And th th like that was an entirely that 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 was got like going back to. Canada because they had this unbelievable arena in Canary Wharf um, and I just turned up there to train but they wouldn't let me train in my Isle of Wight kit because you had to be matching so they give me like new shorts new helmet new gloves um, and they sent me out there so it was like I was training like once a week with London at this like the very top tier but then dropping down and playing playing the games and then it's uh, man, as I would say, the same way to relate is when I got sent to the coast and I wasn't doing that well, it took a call up to the AHL to like to get my like to make me feel like it, you know, better. Yeah. And then when I went back to the coast, it was easier again, right? And when you train with those guys and then you go back down, you actually notice it, right? You notice that 100%. you feel different on the ice, right? Yeah, it's like a thermostat, isn't it? You get you get set on this thermostat. And, you play at you know, the level you're playing at, right? Like kind if, of. Uh, if the temperature goes up, then you go up gently, and then that becomes your new normal. Um, yeah, yeah. You drop yeah. down, and then you're like, fucking, you're missing passes. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yep. I totally get it. Um, so then you're practicing with London, and they're like, so that's a bit of a hike from Isle of Wight, right? Yeah, I used to have to um, get on the ferry to Southampton and then jump on a train to London and then get on the underground to get to Canary Wharf all with the bag, with the hockey stick and bag. And <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. That, that. So then uh, after that season, though, what happens then? Um, you end up with the Paisley Pirates in Scotland. So, no. So the what happened there was that was the first season that i so after the aloe that's when i signed for cardiff oh you left cardiff to go to paisley yeah halfway through the season i and went then oh i thought because cardiff was two years back to back i thought you had stayed there oh, okay research yeah. team was off there so okay <laughs> so you signed with cardiff and that's when the owner thing happens with the boycotting and all that the boycott yeah <laughs> <laughs> I think the research team saw that David Owen D scored a goal in professional hockey. Is that true? <laughs> I don't know if that's possible. I don't know if it is either. I saw him out there in the testimonial game. What a mess. <laughs> Deese was probably doing the stats on the bench at the same time. And <laughs> oh, he just would have been a off. big chew in and yeah, doing the <laughs> stats, just being one of the boys chirping everybody. You <laughs> what, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so were you guys playing in the old arena that downtown yeah yeah right by chippy lane then too eh? well yeah um so the old arena is now the john lewis um department store yeah i've heard that that would have been quite the spot for an arena not the current well, the bay is but that's where the real history of the cardiff devils is in that arena right well some would say the big blue tent was you know 
a, a I good went time there, too. <laughs> yeah, I never played there, but I, I think I want. Uh, I watched maybe one or two games there. Yeah, um, it was electric when you're good. You know? so I think that was supposed to be like for one year and then it ended up in like a first. decade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a bit wobbly by the end. <laughs> um, okay, so then that's that year. So here's some of the guys that were on your team then. Or this might have been year two or no, year one. Jason Stone, we just played with him, right? His jersey's retired by the Devils, number 10. Yeah. Yeah, he was he was getting around the ice quick, eh? just like all of us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then, so Neil Francis and Paul Sample, right? Um, Sample, what in uh, in Cardiff? Wasn't he? Yeah, Cardiff. I didn't play with Samson Cardiff. Hmm. <clears throat> well, then I'm just making shit up. Then I think that uh, was the year. Yeah, the year I left. I think. Samson. And then Matthew Myers was just starting his career then. Yeah. Yeah, my Izzy, he's still my, doing it. Can you believe that shit? My Izzy's mom used to have me and my roommate round for dinner on a Wednesday night just to make sure we was getting at least one good meal a week. <laughs> so where were you living in Cardiff then when you're just a young buck? I was on um, um, me and Warren Tate. We lived uh, on on the bay, not far from from here, uh, just behind Asda. Oh yeah. When did they yeah, we, do the all Cardiff Bay? When did all that happen? Do you know I mean, when they like built it? Was it pretty fresh when you're there or no? It, yeah, it was reasonably. I guess it was built in the late 90s. Uh, 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 yeah. It's it's a it's a hot spot. I liked it down there. I never even that weekend was so busy in Cardiff, I never even made it to the bay. Well. Well, to the ring because he was at the ring, but yeah, um, yeah. catcher too. <laughs> yeah, like this it is it's so beautiful. It's yeah, it so, is. You can go like water skiing, and uh, I think they've got a party. But actually, I've got like a balcony here that overlooks the water. And every Saturday night, you, there's this little boat that floats around, and you can just people like hear people doing karaoke and screaming. And I'm like, I need to get on that boat. <laughs> I, did, I have a lot of great memories in Cardiff Bay. Yeah, that's where I lived. I I loved it down there. Um, great for kids. Great for restaurants, drinks, whatever yeah. you want to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so all I had written down, the research team has brutal team. <laughs> but yeah, now you explained that. So um, if you were to go to Chippy Lane, what would you order if you're in the fitness world? Are you going to splurge? Gums special. What? Gums. Gums special. What's that? Um, I don't know who designed this. it. There was this little kebab shop at the top of chippy lane and you used to go in there and the guy you just shout gums gums gum special and he did like this tray and it was chips donna meat and yeah. gravy 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 on donor meat and chips and that was a gum special huh no really never yeah. heard of that <laughs> gravy and donor meat eh yeah, I mean, I don't see how that wouldn't work. <laughs> well, it's like poutine, but the uh, yeah, no cheese though. Eh? You're not doing the cheese though. We don't cheese wouldn't poutine. go with the donor. Hey, eh? no. Well, I mean, that would probably be a bonus. To be fair, hmm. 
Now I'm curious. <laughs> okay. Um, so anyways, then you go to Paisley. I got, uh, yeah, I don't know how that team does, but you guys had six goalies that played two Canadians, a Finn, a Swede and two Scottish guys. So usually you see that it's usually not a good sign. <laughs> no, it wasn't a great team, but I think they were losing every game and then they put a bit of money into the team and said, you know, we're going to turn it around and, Right. When I got up there, there was a, f- a few new players, I think, and um, we uh, we did actually win a few games. The, the the best the best story about that team though was I turned up and they put me in a hotel for about a week while they were sorting me an apartment. Yeah. And then they said um, we've kind of used all of the housing budget, and I was like, well, what the fuck am I supposed to do? Well, that hotel that you're staying at, they're sponsoring the team. Do you mind living in the hotel for the season? And I was like, well, what about my, like doing my washing and like cooking my meals and stuff? And they're like, oh, no, like, it's all covered. They'll do your washing for you. They, just go down to the restaurant, order whatever you want. No. So I, yeah, so I lived in this hotel for the season. And they, room, they you get room free food? Yeah, just like... Every meal, just go down to the restaurant, order a meal. In the AHL, I had to live in the hotel, but you didn't get your laundry done and you didn't get food. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen um, Alan Partridge. No, don't know. It's, what... uh, it's, a, it's a British comedy, but um, this, like Alan Partridge, he lives, lives in this hotel, basically. Because you get the small prep plates for breakfast. He has his own plate he takes down for breakfast. <laughs> Gets the big one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I, I remember going into other guys' rooms that, like, they never told them to get an apartment, like, the whole year, right? Because that means, like, you're there, right? Then, um, And this guy had lived in the hotel the whole year. He had, like, a full spread of all this different stuff and, like, a little toaster oven. And, like, man, the, yeah. It, uh, anyways, I'm getting sidetracked. Living in a hotel can suck, but I guess if you're getting food and your laundry done, it'd be way yeah, better. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, that's way good. different. <laughs> um, so then after that, you're back to Cardiff, though. So you hear it's a better situation type thing. Yeah. And you knew yeah, the city yeah. was fun. Yeah, I loved I loved Cardiff. And um, the kind of word came around that it, everything was fixed and this is going to be a different year and we're bringing back all of the a lot of the old favorites like, you know, Mike Ware and Blake Knox. And um, I saw you had Ivan Matulik on your team that year. What a legend. Yeah. He is a legend. Oh, eh? Yeah. He's like such a great guy. Like the stories that that guy has as well, you know, like getting smuggled out of um, where was he from? I don't even One know. One of these Eastern block. Yeah, countries. and I think he just got signed by Edmonton, or he was gonna get signed if they could get in there. If they could get and, him out, um, I think they had to pay some mafia guys to put him in the trunk of a car <laughs> and get him across the border. I should talk to him someday. You should get him on. Yeah, I don't know what he's doing now. Uh, Russ Romanuk. I got him. I got him written down, and I wrote ran amok. Yeah, what good, guy? good player. Do you know what? Like the so 
the, the feeling that I got on all of these teams that I played for, there was such a huge divide, you know, like the Canadians would have their own group and the, oh, the yeah. Scandinavians would have their group and then the Brits would be left to themselves. And so me and Warren Tate had just signed for Cardiff and we'd been given this really nice apartment down on the bay and we'd, we'd got in the apartment, we'd dumped our bags. We was probably in the apartment for about an hour. We get a knock on the door. And it's like, we open the door and it's Russ Romanek and Mike Ware. And we've not met either of those guys before. And they just said, hey, boys, heard you've just got here. Get ready. We're taking you out. And, um, they and that's took how us teams out. start. Yeah. Yeah. They, they took us out. I think we had a game the next day. So we didn't go out on the piss. I think we just went for some food and movie and everything. And they wouldn't let us pay for anything. They paid for everything. It was like what a start to a season, and like and it makes you feel comfortable, makes you feel good, and then all of a sudden you could play hockey better too. Yeah, and it was like that in that team. Like I've never been on a team where like everybody got on, everybody shared every experience, every story. You know, you're, like, you're really punching me in the heart right now because that's what it was <laughs> like for me in Cardiff. I had been on teams where like there's there's the guy like say the german guys then there were the imports but there wasn't even like one group of imports there was this group and then there was that group and it was it was exhausting and i hated it and if everybody could tell what i'm like i just i i just want to be a team right and then when we got to cardiff man and there was no clicks there was no it was just a team and like everybody was invited and like there, there was the team group chat where it's like, we're going here. You can either come if you want, but everybody's invited every time, right? Yeah. That's hockey. <laughs> Mandatory team nights out. And, you know, like mon Monday nights, everybody had to be at the bar. Monday fun days. Like, I think it wins was championships. 10, <laughs> 10 or 10.30. The older guys can go home if they want to. You stay out if you want to, but... We go out, you know, some of the boys who had families would go home about 10-ish. Um, but the next day, 10 up to practice, and the those old boys are sat there going, come on, what happened? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I used to wake them up. I didn't even wait for practice. <laughs> it would be Saturday night. We'd have Sunday off. I'd go in and wake Hendo up. I'd have my kid jump on him. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, as alert, he would get so mad. It was so much fun, but they'd never lock their door. They'd never learn. <laughs> oh God. But yeah, you have to hear the stories. That's what it's all about. Yeah. <laughs> I think we play the sport. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I guess uh, the other guy that was on that team, because I talked about how brutal a goaltending was the year before, I guess you were getting smashed every game, but Stevie Lyle started that year and he did well. Eh? And then he was the goalie for a while. No, no research team no. says that. No, that was, that was the year after again, I think. Are you the second year when you're there? Yeah. I, ne I never, I know Stevie, but I never played with him. Well, then the research team's way off. Yeah. I think I would call he was, uh, I can't remember his name is Swedish. I think. Hmm. Well, it's probably brutal. <laughs> Research team sucks. Was Jono on the team? Yeah, Jono was there. Well, then I, who knows? I don't know. I I even have like stats written down. 
<laughs> so is Jono the same player he is today, way back then, probably? Eh? Nobody changes how they play. I didn't really. see. Well, I saw Jono play on the weekend. Obviously, I've not watched him play for a while, but I would assume he's a lot better. <laughs> yeah, he's bigger, thicker. Yeah. Not that yeah. he was bad back then. He was just like this small guy. Who, you know, he was on a, a young good line and got stuck guy. in there and fast. Yeah. Yeah. So, so then uh, you did make the men's squad, Team GBA, and uh, yeah, it's a different generation of players than play there now. But Steve Thornton was on the team. Is this Steve true? Um, no. And they feel like the research. Yeah. Teams, maybe. Yeah, I think he was. Yeah. Maybe you're yeah. wrong. Maybe Steve Wilde was... was your goalie. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, that was uh, McSawley was the coach then. Okay, so did you go anywhere cool? Um, we went, uh, my, my memory obviously it was like 20, 30, 20, 22 years ago now, I guess. But, um, we where did we go that year? We went to Croatia, we had world championships in Zagreb. Um, we did a few trips with that team, but yeah. I hear good I things the, in Croatia. Croatia was beautiful. Yeah. So I, I, when you talked about your photography, or not even photography, but just taking the couple months off and you just travel, pick four countries, what's your favorite country you've been to? Um, I mean, I spent a lot of time in Asia. So I've, I've done Thailand, Laos, Cambodia. Um, one year, though, that I went, I was I was traveling around there. I was going to go to Vietnam, and then um, everybody that I was meeting on the road were basically like, "You need to go to Myanmar, like Burma. You need to go there because they've just opened it for tourism now, and like you'll never see it. It'll get real touristy after this year, so you need to go now." So I made I made the jump and went out there and flew into the airport, went outside to get a taxi. And they only had horse and carts. Like there was no cars anywhere. Everywhere you went was horse and cart. And, you know, it's like the land of a thousand temples. It was just so beautiful. It was, I, it I was don't know really anything difficult. about it. I don't know yeah. anything about it. Where I don't even know where that is. Well, Burma, basically. But Myanmar. But I think it's closed again now. I don't think tourists are allowed in anymore. Really? Yeah. Um, so what about the best food? Mm. I like Thai food. Mm-hmm. I thought Lao had a lot that. of good, yeah. Lao had a lot of good food, but like Thailand, you know, there's fresh seafood everywhere you go. Or I just made a chicken ramen soup last night. Are you talking ramen? Yeah. 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 I love ramen. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. That's what I whipped up last night. <laughs> I still got it. <laughs> Uh, okay here's one i think the research team was led down a rabbit hole on this one did you ever play in canada for the tilsonburg vipers i didn't i didn't think so i've I've actually seen that pop up on my stats in the past and that was new to me yeah no because i clicked on it and it had two chris baileys on that team and one was canadian i'm like i don't see him coming over here to tilsonburg <laughs> no no definitely wasn't there yeah didn't think so Okay, so then after that second year in Cardiff, you had a lot more fun. You said it was your favorite year of hockey. Yeah. So then you don't come back, though, eh? Do you know what? There was an opportunity that came up. Um, 
to go back to Hull um, and be the captain on that team. Um, and I just really wanted to kind of go back and show my face there. Um, this is also a funny story because I invested all of this in that, in that and I got set up. I found a lot of sponsors for the team and all this sort of stuff. I turned up. We had to meet the fans the night before our first game. And our coach was a guy called Rick Strachan. And I played D all my life, right? Yeah. And at the meet the fans, like we'd had a couple of beers and Rick comes over to me and he's like, you're playing forward this year. I'm like, I'm a fuck. He's like, yeah, we need size up front. You're playing forward this year. I'm like no chance, no chance. So the next day, I turn up to the game. I'm like, <clears throat> look, we had a few beers last night. You know, you won't been serious, was you? And he's like, yep, you're playing forward this season. And I was like, I'm not playing forward this year. And he's like, you are. I'm the coach. And I was like, see ya. I just went in the dressing room, grabbed my bag, left. Um, I think I had about two weeks off. And, then and I... they had signed you to be the captain of the team. You've been a defenseman your whole life. You're, and then you get there and then they're like, oh, by the way, you're not a defenseman. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just couldn't do it. I, I, I even. It's kind of strange too, when you're going to be the captain and you're an established player that's been playing. For I, try, I tried to meet him halfway and just say, you know, come on, like throw me on a few shifts up front now and then and like put me put me on practice up front and let me just see how I get on he was like straight down the line no you're a forward yeah yeah so then you head out of there and which team did you go to first Sheffield or London Sheffield the Steelers yeah Simsy sign you um yeah Simsy was there yeah, he's always there. <laughs> <laughs> How was that? So you only played 17 games there, and then you go to London. Yeah. Um, when the, <clears throat> the exhibition games, we were playing a few international teams. I felt comfortable out there. I was going out there and fucking nailing people and enjoying it. And then when the season starts, I don't know, I think – I just lost confidence a bit or I just, I wasn't playing my game. Um, Confidence is a fickle bitch, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. It comes and goes. Um, I think I'd probably just had a few, few games, few bad games and it got to my head. And so, yeah, I ended up going down to London then. And London, I have written down here because, you know, like I've said, the same team seemed to go tits up all the time. The London racers that year had a German, Canadian, a Swede, Brits, Finn, Croatian, a Czech, and a Norwegian in the UK league. <laughs> so you, you can imagine how, how that league, how that team went, like given that I'd had this incredible season in Cardiff where everyone was best friends to yeah. then this team where there was all these different pockets of players. And you're in a big city, which doesn't help that people probably just don't see each other outside the rink, right? Well, I I never wanted to go to London. When I got there, the thought of living in London was just 
I, I didn't like it. But when I got there, I never wanted to leave London. I loved, I loved the city. Okay. Um, but yeah, the team didn't do that well. Um, we were playing in a shitty rink. Um, there's a lot of arguments going on and it just, it, it, it ended up like, I think partying became more. And more important <laughs> more than winning. Than, than that, the game. Yeah. And that can happen, especially with some young guys and you know, your team's not that good. I don't think it happens as much anymore though. <laughs> no, we had some, we had, we had some good guys on there. There's um, one of the Canadians, um, Mike McKinnon, uh, played with on that team i'm still in touch with to this day we used to go he he was like kind of that was early years internet but mike had this gift of finding cool bands in london like the amount of gigs that we went to see like there might have been bands like warming up for festivals and stuff and we'd just turn up to these dingy little places and it'd be like black rebel motorcycle club playing for fucking like 20 people in there and that so sounds mike, really fun that'd be living eh yeah in the summer on in london every single night and mike just knew where all the good bands were or he'd introduced me to new bands and do you not we, find it like i think it was harder for our generation or you know even you were out of the game a lot before me but it's harder to stay in contact with guys before the internet is what it is now. Right. And it's, it's harder to reconnect with people, but at least you have the social media bullshit now to find people. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cause it was hard to stay in contact, man. I lost contact with so many guys early on in my pro career and like, you know, university and everything. Cause you just, the internet wasn't what it is. Right. Well, I mean, I think everybody comes into your life for a reason whatever you learn from them and some people just come and go don't they yeah and you you sit there you get you get flashbacks and you're like fuck i wonder what he's doing now i really like that guy yeah yeah that's what i'm doing now i'll find out <laughs> <laughs> uh but like our weekend together like it was very brief but like i wanted to have you on right away i always i enjoyed your, my time with you and then when i posted you're coming on and i put the picture of us up hendo just wrote loved that guy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh so it was such a fun weekend though getting to meet all these different hockey guys that if Matt yeah i mean hendo's like back, another right? guy that i never never met before and then that and one he's night in cardiff so when you're coming he's right yeah, there. you I've guys know you're pretty well freaking neighbors right yeah because do you know what like we were talking about the game. This is the night before we're having a few drinks and we're talking about the game. And I said, you know, what? like I'm, I'm so happy to be here and playing once again, like I'm so pumped, but one, like the one thing I want to get out tomorrow, I want to get a picture of me and my boy on the ice. And you know what? Like he, it was like, he just stood back and he was like, bro, <laughs> yeah, that's what it's about. That's why I'm here. I want a picture. Um, uh, and he, he was saying when he came on right after, like, he used to always see me out there with Colby um, early on with the devils there. And like, obviously like when you're a young hockey player coming up, you always think and envision of like how cool it would be to see your kids get into hockey and stuff. Right. And then when you get to have moments like that and the way the devils fans were with my kids, like shit, you don't forget. I I, I don't think, 
I don't think you appreciate, like, you, you know, through the years, I've seen guys grab the kids and do a lap of the ice and stuff. And it's like, oh, cool, yeah, you got the kid on there. But I think until you're a parent, you until don't you have kids, you don't get, you don't, you have no idea what you're doing for those kids. Yeah. No. Yeah. I know. And then you, you, you kind of wish you would have done more for the kids when you were a player, right? When you're in your 20s and you were too young and dumb to, take all the time you could with the kids right exactly yeah just like even if you can get on the ice once a week with a team or even once a month just show your face like how much it means to those kids yeah well i don't think the kids are out here think i ever played hockey the way with my physique nowadays (laughs) (laughs) i don't think they're buying it (laughs) everybody's got something to teach though you know if one kid can take one bit of value from you then no, I coached the under 11s last year and I loved it. It was like my favorite thing. It was so much fun. And now I see my guys around town and they're wearing their two L's and hockey tail shirts that I got them with their, like, I was just driving you by. you telling me like the chap in you and stuff? Oh, they're like my buddies. I, yeah, I got, yeah, they're, they, they are. They're like my buddies and I see them around town and like they come up and give me hugs and it like, it's quite the moment. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's it's fun stuff being able to help the kids and getting them into hockey like that. It's like you I got to make a team just like I would want a team last year. Like they're brothers, and like now they see each other. All they want to do is see each other all the time. They miss their hockey team, and you know, it was fun to be a part of that. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah, but then you get to go back to Matthew Myers' testimonial and get to see all the boys and even the guys that weren't on your team, you can really hit it off in a weekend, you know? Yeah. 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 It's like, um, I, don't, I don't know what you call them. We call them stag dudes when yeah. someone's getting married. Yeah. And it's Batch, like, bachelor parties, we call them. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. And it's like everybody's pining for somebody to get married just so we can get the boys back together. <laughs> yeah. 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 Getting the boys back together is the best. And that's what I love about the shed so much. And like, yeah, I got up early to do this, but like I was looking forward to it all day yesterday and makes me happier. So why wouldn't I do it? Right. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good start to your day. It really is. Um, so thank you for coming on. And I'm really proud of you for what you're doing in the photography world, because I saw the pictures, dude. And like, I was really jealous the pictures you have with your son that you sent for the poster picture. I'm like, Jesus, those are like the best pictures I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's going to be one uh, very well photographed kid. Yeah. Well, you found a passion and, and you're doing what you love, right? Nothing yeah, better 100%. than that. 100%. And it's like you say, you know, like a lot of boys aren't lucky to find something that they love as equally as hockey after hockey. Well, and, and that I, is, that's what it's all about. And that's, I feel like I found that with this, right? Like I don't even have to sweat or get slashed or like punched. (laughs) Like I can just do all the stuff. Yeah. And I even like can try and win championships when they rate us every day. It's like, I got my competitive (laughs) spirit back, but now I don't have to like, actually like battle. (laughs) I just have to talk to people. I just have to find the time. Right. Yeah. But seriously, thanks for making the time for me. I know you're a busy guy. You're just back from Portugal and you're getting back to work now. So, um, yeah, thanks for coming on. Great seeing you again, man. Nice yeah, getting man. to know you last weekend. And thanks today. for having me. Hope, hope we get to see each other again. And this has been another episode of Zero Ales and Hockey Tales with Bales and Wally.
Some people clap on the one and three. Some people clap on the two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm, and that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott and Tommy Corbins. I'm like Pete Southtown, Zan Zan. I'm always speaking my mind, but I'm better off by my tongue. I'm a bad show at the wrong time. Still, I'm a legend in my own mind. I'm good for some, but I'm not for 